great. But here's what he did. Rhyme it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Oh, please just rhyme it. And he really gets into it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Yes, of course. We will you don't even have to think about it. So let's rhyme it today. Rhyme it. Yes. We are going to rhyme it. Just that's where he just after ran down. Everybody, amazing. I'm not going to remember any of it. That's good. Way to go. All over the Rams today and Rammy. I mean, now he's like on his feet. How are you guys? Who's house? Wow. Rammy. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Rams Brothers. I'm your host, Dean, and I'm joined, as always, by the other great hosts of this show, Nick. And Nick, we have uh, mini campus this week. The season feels like it's right around the corner, although it's just a couple of months away. But first and most importantly, how are you? I'm doing fantastic, Dean. Summer. Uh, your birthday's in like three days, two days. The big 3-0 for Dean. So make sure to drop a like and subscribe exclusively for him, not for me. For Dean. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll take a like and subscribe for my birthday. How about if, if not for me, how about you like and subscribe for Cooper Cup's 30th birthday, which... Coincidentally, it was on the same day. Same day. Dean and Cup separated at birth. Am I actually not Dean's brother? Stay tuned. Listen to this episode. Find out. Yeah, I don't know. I think if you saw Nick and I catch footballs next to each other and then Cooper Cup and I catch footballs next to each other, I think everybody would understand why you and I are brothers and why it's not Cooper Cup and I. Oh, I thought I thought I was going to catch some shade. I know. I know what direction you thought I was going into. You thought you were going to catch some flack there, but you know, you're a talented pass catcher. I've seen you. I've yeah. seen you. It was my position of choice. Yeah, you're good inline tight end. You're future Davis Allen. I thought you were more like a Bryson Hopkins, but you know, you know, going under a suspension and not being able to stay on the field, having one moment in the Super Bowl, it all ties into the conversation that we're going to have for today. Right. So today, a little, a little Nick Vespi lore just to drop for you guys. I was officially on the LA Wildcats in that 2020 season um, yeah, of the XFL, but I got cut before. Um, I was really just there to meet The Rock, and it didn't work out. So, Yeah, The Rock is uh, going to need your help financially if you uh, want to support him in any way. I know. Between that he and Black Adam. Yeah, I know. He's got a lot, of, he's got a lot going on. Uh, but I guess the Rams do too. Right now it's, it's mandatory minicamp. So this week it's the 13th through the 15th is mandatory minicamp. As you guys are seeing on Twitter and across social media, you can see that Jordan uh, from The Athletic is covering. Uh, they have LA Times there. It's it's fully open to the media, at least for today. Um, so you get some pretty cool storylines coming out of, of minicamp for today. You get more details on the offense and defensive line. I uh, saw that Joe Nopum was out there practicing, so some encouraging signs potentially that you could see over the next couple of weeks, specifically this week. Um, and then there's we talked about joint practices joint training camps that are coming up with the Raiders and the Broncos as they're progressing through some of their uh, more detailed practice sessions. And then preseason starts up on August 12th. Um, But the reason why we wanted to get together and and do this episode was to just kind of get a leg up on the depth chart, because I think there's going to be a lot of really interesting conversations. And obviously, this is the first year that that rule is implemented, where it's a pretty severe drop off from right now today, June 13th to August 29th. You have to go previous years. What we were looking at was every team kind of had staggered dates and ranges for gradually reducing their roster to its initial 53-man group. So last year, what the Rams had to deal with was 
August 16th was the deadline to trim the roster from 90 to 85 players. August 23rd, they trimmed it from 85 to 80. And then August 30 was the deadline to trim it all the way down from 80 to 53. So this year, it's just a drop dead date. Uh, August 29th, 2023, they have to be down to 53 players. Um, so with everything kind of coming out in camp, um, some of the storylines around the quarterbacks, the position battles with the wide receivers, they roughly, Nick, have like 14, 15 guys in the building right now at the wide receiver position. Um, there's a, a pretty severe log jam at defensive line. A lot, a lot needs to be figured out at defensive back. So we kind of wanted to take you guys through this uh, fun little exercise of projecting the way, way, way too early projection of the 2023 Rams step chart. So I also just think this year there's going to be a lot. I would love to get a number on like last year's free agent signings versus like the following year, because when you go cold Turkey like that, you go from 90 to 53, like, and I know that there's that emergency quarterback this year. So it's kind of like yep. 90 to what? 54. Um, yeah. And I think they have a couple of positions that you could allocate towards injured players or something like that. I think there's an extra two spots or something that they're working on. It's going to make it more difficult, particularly in preseason too, for these guys to, be you know good to go and not really have any questions going forward but should be fun it's cool i wonder why they did that was that like a unanimous vote like was somebody like yeah i just don't know where that came from yeah i'm not entirely sure um i think when it comes to like breaking down you know the roster and, and having final cuts and everything maybe it's just a little bit easier right because mm -hmm. it's all stuff that you're already kind of doing anyway behind the scenes you probably have a pretty good idea of what your 53-man roster depth chart is going to look like before all of those cuts are implemented. So maybe it's just an easier step. And it also gives players a couple of extra weeks, right? If they want to kind of stay along with the process, a couple of extra white, what practice squad checks or whatever it might be that they could still earn. So I'm not sure exactly how it came together within the collective uh, bargaining agreement, but I do know that um, it's new as of this year. So what we're looking at with the depth chart for this year, I think is really interesting. So what we did is we wanted to do a side-by-side -side comparison of everything that we looked at from 2022 to 2023. So everybody that made the roster back in 22 versus what we're projecting in 2023. So obviously back in 2022, what you saw at the quarterback position was Matthew Stafford, John Wolford, and Bryce Perkins. Completely different this year. It seems like almost every single one of the Rams' position groups, if not every single one, inclusive of kicker, punter, and long snapper, all have a rookie tied into it. Last year, that wasn't the case across the running backs, quarterbacks. Um, we're going to go maybe receivers in that case, right? So there's, I think there's a lot new, a, a lot of new faces, a lot of new personalities to get to know, but I think there's going to be a lot of really difficult decisions to be made. So if you look at the key on the left-hand side of your screen, everybody that's highlighted in orange, I think is on the border to make the roster. Right. And Nick, you could agree with me, disagree with me as we go. I know before this episode started, you had mentioned, are we even going to keep Brett Rippin on the, Brett Rippin on the roster? right? Because of the emergency quarterback situation, does that position or spot on the roster potentially have to open up for another player? So, you know, I think all really good talking points that, um, that kind of lead into the discussion of how are we going to craft this 53 man roster with roughly 45 new faces in the building? Right. It, uh, yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting. Just like right off the bat, QB, Matthew Stafford last year, John Wolford, Bryce Perkins. And we saw both of them in preseason, like, <laughs> somewhat ball out in some extent where we were like, oh, I think, uh, I think, we're, I think we're going to keep both of these guys just in case. And then like 
lo and behold, the encase happens, and both of them were not even close. And now when you look at the QB, uh, you know, we drafted Stenson Bennett somewhat earlier than expected. And, you know, Wolford and Perkins aren't even on this depth chart anymore. So they're not even at camp. So it's just from the most position, uh, most important position downward. It's, it's a lot of new faces and it's, it's it's kind of fun too, because yeah, Brett Rippon or Ripon, uh, Ren and Stimpy, whatever you want to call it. Um, I, 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 I'm gonna be honest with you. I know really not a lot about him, but you know, apparently he's better than Dresser Win. Yeah, I mean that's that's what I'm saying. It's a it's a lot of brand new names, right? If Dresser Win and Brett Ripon want to go head to head in quarterback competition to fight for that third spot, if the Rams are alluding to the fact that they're going to keep a third quarterback on the roster, that could be an interesting development over the next couple of months. So keep your guys' eyes on that, right? That third quarterback spot because we know Matthew Stafford and Stenson Bennett are locked in one and two. And we know in previous years, I think it was 2021, the Rams only kept two quarterbacks on the roster. Last year, they decided to keep three because, uh, you know, two is not enough. And now the emergency quarterback rule has emerged and it does make sense to keep an extra guy. So, but potentially that ripen spot could open up for another player. And then when you look at the running backs, right? Like at the four spot, Ronnie Rivers, I, I know was somebody that, in the middle of the season last year, Matthew Barry was talking about him, you know, having a, a starting caliber role. And he, I think he started one game over Cam Akers. And, you know, there was some potential there. And then in the offseason, he won a bunch of money gambling. Like, it's such a strange storyline as the fourth running back on the roster. But last year, it was Jake Funk, right? And, and Jake Funk was a really interesting conversation. Like, is he going to be a legitimate contributor? Is he going to be a special teams player? Uh, he was cut halfway through the season, and I believe he ended up with the Chargers. Yeah. So. And that's to make way for another open roster spot for another player. And also, like last year, I remember, you know, thinking a lot that Cam Akers was going to step up, but then also Daryl Henderson was going to have like a fantastic year. And right, right. I don't even know if he's on a team right now. No, he's not. He's not. Yeah, he's not. Um, I, I mean, can't he was, believe he was not released from Jacksonville. Yeah, he was released from Jacksonville. He's not yeah. been invited to camp. I mean, between um, Daryl Henderson and Cam Akers, you figured one of those players were going to be a surefire starter in the league at some point. Um, but the way that the running back market has just continued to evolve, the uh, what's coming out with, with Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs not signing their franchise tags, Saquon saying that he doesn't necessarily want to reset the market, but he wants a deal that's respectful because it seems like the entire running back market is completely disrespected. Like Cam Akers is on the last year of his contract. I doubt that he expects to get re-signed by the Rams. At this no, point. I, I, unless this year for him, even if it isn't above expectation year, it would have to be like a lights out season That's where they saying. rely on him so heavily for the Rams to give him a contract. Yeah, we're talking like upwards of twelve hundred yards and ten touchdowns, yeah. and looks like he's never been hurt before. Upwards like, of ten, I would think too. You yeah, yeah, I mean? like, exactly. Like yeah, like astronomical. Gurley esque season, and it's just so funny too that like part of the reason why McVay was just such this offensive guru when he came in the league is because he had Todd Gurley as one of his guys, and then he proved that he can adapt without the running back position when your Super Bowl running back number one is Daryl Henderson. You know what I mean? So yeah, never forget winning the Super Bowl with the thirty first overall ranked run run game throughout yeah. the twenty twenty one season. A, li- a little bit scary. Coming yeah, down. yeah, but uh, you know Henderson stepped up when he needed to in that sure game. Did. He had some some great plays. 
Yeah, and so did Cam Akers uh, yeah, coming back true. in that playoff stretch outside of the fumbles, right, in the Tampa Bay game, which were a little bit nerve-wracking. Cool. Uh, but, I mean, like back to your point with Todd Gurley, I think what's really interesting about the entire running back market is you could have a year like Todd Gurley. You could have three or four years like Todd Gurley and still get cut on your second contract. Yeah. Like that's how cutthroat the running back market is right now, and it's how disrespected those players are despite how much they actually contribute to the offense. And, yeah, at, at the same time, I'm sitting here and I'm like, I, Saquon Barkley, Barkley, like, I feel for you, man. You probably should be making more money. But they decided to pay Daniel Jones, like, too much. <laughs> and now you're kind of in a position where it's like, can we coexist? Not really because, I, you know, I feel like I'm a much bigger contributor to this offense than you are. Um, but, yeah, I guess they got to go hand in hand. And he's going to have to understand that running backs, it's just, you know, they're not, they're not getting paid the same way. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, it's it's a it's a new world with running backs, and it's kind of been the development is has been. Let's try to draft a late round rookie. Let's try to draft an Isaiah Pacheco in the seventh round and have him contribute to the Super Bowl, and then have him contribute on a really really low valued contract, seventh round pick, all the way throughout those next three years is the true benefit of being able to draft somebody late and having them be a high profile contributor to your offense. And it's the way of the running back market right now. It's it's pretty scary. And you know what? Maybe Zach Evans completely shines. You know, like, I, I mean, the way that he's built, um, not sure if he has the mental makeup to be able to do so, but it seems like he has all the physical attributes to be able to do so. If I mean, if he proves to us that he could be a three-down back, he's a pass protector, he's involved in in every phase of the pass game, of the run game. Then I'm, I have a lot of confidence that he could be that player. Yeah, just and, remains yeah. to be seen. It definitely could happen. And then let's move on to the wide receivers because I think this is truly what will make or break the season is the lineup of of guys that are going to be coming out here in this in this core because you have Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson, same as last year, no longer have Allen Robinson, who was supposed to be the number two, Puka Nakua, rookie, Skoranek, your favorite, um, Demarcus Robinson, new, Tutu Atwell, and Tyler Johnson um, as like the definites, and then we'll go on the others. Um, but one of those guys, hopefully it's Van Jefferson. They have to bring a Robert Woods, um, Brandon Cooks type energy to this offense because you cannot, as great as Cooper Cup is, we saw it last year. If he's your only threat on the wide receiver table, you're not going to be able to bring much else. So hopefully, and you know what? This, as great and, you know, fun as the Skoranek season was last year, it really truly could be this year coming up where he has the big break. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's so many different things like the way that their past concepts develop, right? If they, that's the thing with Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods and Cooper Cup is you had all three layers of the field, right? You had all, and you were able to let yeah. those past plays develop a little bit longer because Brandon Cooks speed, because Robert Woods' ability to manipulate a nickel corner, because of Cooper Cup's ability to operate outside of the slot, inside of the slot, to operate in the backfield. Like there's so much diversity with the receiver group that you had. I think that's what they're looking for in Puka Nakua, which is why they've been having those conversations and comparisons around Robert Woods, who, by the way, Robert Woods is a way better athlete coming out of college. I mean, he was a highly coveted draft pick, USC fight on, great player, great person. Puka Nakua was a fifth round draft pick. So the comparisons are still, you know, they still remain to be seen. But I, I you know, the one thing I like about Puka Nakua and I think some of the methodologies that they're instilling within this offense is we want to be as diverse as we possibly can be. And that's what you have with players like Tutu Atwell, who essentially fills the Brandon Cooks void. 
You have Puka Nakua who fills the Robert Woods void. And then you have other guys like Demarcus Robinson, Tyler Johnson, uh, Ben Skoranek, who could, I guess, round out, bring a little bit more depth, a veteran experience, uh, a little bit more sound from a foundational standpoint in terms of route running, blocking, doing all the right things. Um, so, I, I mean, if you're going with those top seven guys, you can go Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson, Puka, Skoranek, Demarcus Robinson, Tutu Atwell, and Tyler Johnson. But where does that leave Lance McCutcheon? You know, where does right. it leave Austin Trammell, who got some good time towards the end of the season with Baker Mayfield? Um, and then you have other guys like Braxton Burmeister, Sam James, Tyler Hudson, Xavier Smith, Cameron McCutcheon. There's 14 receivers in this group right now. That's not his brother, is it? No, it's not. maybe a cousin. Maybe a cousin. Maybe a cousin. Um, yeah, you have two McCutcheons, both play receiver, One of both of which could get cut. And then Lance yeah. McCutcheon was everybody's favorite player last year. And look, he was the seventh receiver on the roster right under Brandon Powell. So this is in no particular order. I, I just feel that if you're going 11 personnel, three receiver set, I feel like you have a, a lot of really good diversity with Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson, and Puka Nakua. Mm. And when you're an empty, you know, you let Tutu Atwell fly and you could run him in some of the similar packages that you ran Brandon Powell. Yeah. So Yeah. I, I mean, my money on like one of these guys breaking out, I'm going to go Van Jefferson. Just the yeah. last year of his contract, him and him and Cam. Right. And it's, you know, it's a point where hopefully he can adapt and, you know, kind of break the top off the defense because that's always what we wanted out of him and go full Brandon Cooks 2018. So, yep. Yep. Yeah. So long on to, I know it was. So, yeah. Cooks, you know, and he's still playing at a high level, but it feels like a distant memory. I think um, he's on the then, Cowboys, right? Yeah. This year, he just got moved to the Cowboys. It's a weird call out of them, yeah, but I'm happy for him though. Hopefully he's oh, going to yeah, get the, for for sure. the volume that he needs. Yeah. Definitely happy for him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's an impressive receiver. He's gone over a thousand yards, I think five or six times in his career, which. Yeah. Last year with Davis Mills, he somehow managed <laughs> to have an impressive year. <laughs> yeah, he's a good player. Um, I do miss him, but he the contract that they signed to him, just that was the dagger was the contract. And they had to figure out a way to get out of it and they couldn't. Yeah. So they cut him. Then moving on to tight end. You got Tyler Higby, Hunter Long, Davis Allen, David Allen, Bryson Hopkins, and Christian Sims right now in camp. Uh, last year it was just Tyler Higby and Bryson Hopkins. They ended up keeping four tight ends in 2021 when it was Higby, Bryson Hopkins, Johnny Munt, and uh, Jacob Harris. So then they went two tight ends last year. We're going to find ourselves in the middle with three this year. That would be my projection. Yeah, I I don't think – I. I think Hunter Long, they saw something in him to get in the trade, you know, with Ramsey. It, mm-hmm. I don't think he was just like a throwaway piece. So I think you can guarantee too. Um, and I don't know. I feel like Bryson Hopkins has more left on the table. And I know you got him in, in orange, but I could see them going, you know, Higby, Long, Hopkins over Allen. I mean, Allen's the draft pick. Uh, but so is is Bryson Hopkins. I think similar rounds. Hopkins was a fourth round pick. Allen was a fifth round pick, maybe. Um, but the, the reason why I I determined that I wanted to cut Bryson Hopkins was there was one moment, and it was the Super Bowl. And last year we were dealing with a suspension. Like the the deal was with him last year was, hey, you're the the second tight end, and you're the only backup tight end on the roster. You can't do anything to get yourself suspended over yeah. a four to six week period. And that's what happened. And you leave yourself a Tyler Higby. You have to go back out and sign. Um, oh man, 
This name is escaping me. The tight end that came in over the 2021 season. I have his face in my head. It'll come back to me. But they had to, yeah, obviously had to go back and, and sign a player that they had already cut. Um, and that's not something that you want to do. Right? You don't have to go back and and correct your mistakes. And I think Bryson Hopkins is a, is a mistake in terms of a draft pick. It's a player that yeah. hasn't shown he's been able to consistently stay on the field. He certainly isn't a, an inline three-down tight end. Um, and I think that they have Davis Allen is a little bit more fundamentally sound, maybe more committed to the process, who is a, a draft pick from this year, who I think is going to make the roster. So I think they go with they go with three, and that's that's what they do. And Bryson Hopkins is a is a cut, and um, they they made a mistake. Yeah, I forgot about that expen- uh, uh, the suspension last year. Suspension entirely. Yeah, Kendall so. Blanton. Yeah, Kendall that's Blanton what it is. Was yeah. the tight end? I didn't even look it up. I didn't even look it up. I knew yeah, it was you couldn't have. You were talking the whole time. You st- <laughs> I was trying to look it up and failed. I couldn't find it. <laughs> you said something that that peaked it. I'm sorry. Good. Um, all right, offensive line. I'll let you take this one. All right. So last year, no boom. Who's obviously going to stay around? Um, but then after that, like Brian Allen, absolutely. Uh, Coleman Shelton, definitely. Um, Haven Stein. For sure, but then you know you, you definitely uh, Steve uh, Avalia, rookie, Avalia, that's brand new, Logan Bruss. It's a name I've heard before. Um, and then yeah, you know the prior year lost Big Wit, lost uh, uh, Corbett. So we were definitely you know tying together something that we thought was going to work, and lo and behold, like a lot of these guys got injured. And then, you know, which allowed them to draft some high um, people this year, like uh, Warren. Yeah, McClendon. Yeah, he could yeah. be a player that makes the roster. I um, And I, I think he should. I think he should. He's a draft pick. Yeah, there's yeah. no reason why he shouldn't. They need tackle depth. Behind uh, Joe Nopum, you're going to go Alaric Jackson. You know, I, th- I think he's the potential starter at left tackle, although he wasn't seen early on at, at minicamp today. Um, reported by Jordan earlier today. So that makes me a little bit nervous. But Nopum was back on the field. So it it's going to be a kind of a one-two battle between Alaric and Joe Nopum for the left tackle position. Whoever's healthier, whoever looks fundamentally more sound um, is going to is going to win that job. And then whoever doesn't win the job is going to be potential depth, I think, at the guard position. Or it could just be a, you know, a solid backup for a, a tackle to where you – know, a spot where we need – solid depth. And that's where Warren McClendon comes into play as a rookie that we drafted from Ohio state. That's where Rob Havenstein is, has been just solid for the last eight, nine years. He didn't miss a single game last year. He's going to start again at right tackle this year. AJ Curie is another guy that has a little bit of tackle and guard ability. So it could probably swing both ways, but just kind of wanted to lay it out between like how many tackles we're looking to keep, how many guards we're looking to keep. And um, who we feel like could be on the cusp. So right now it looks like Tremaine Akram. Like he's not a guy that I would be willing to cut. Um, but considering how many offensive linemen you're going to potentially keep, it was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven last year. You're going to keep potentially nine this year, considering how bad it was from a depth standpoint. Definitely um, should keep nine this year. Which is I'm cool. thinking the same thing. Yeah, yeah. which is why you got to make some cuts in like the tight end position. That's what I was thinking. You know, you got to make some tough decisions on the offensive side of the ball to be able to keep some depth on your roster in case things do do go crazy and so that you can consistently shuffle things, right? If things aren't working in game, you want to have some active players that could fill in that role, especially considering LaFleur is the one that's talking about the best five are going to play. So 
Let's see it happen. These yeah. are, I feel like, are our nine locks to make the roster. I would think he has a lot to say as well, not just with like, you yeah, know, like the weapons. I'm sure he's he's looking at the O line as well. Oh, absolutely. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, him and him and and Wendell are are spending some time and making sure that they're rolling out the best possible group. But Ancrum yeah. on the bubble, and then Grant Miller would be my cut amongst everybody who's in the building right now. And then defensive line, starting with the interior. You're going to go Donald, Copeland, Jonah Williams, and then Kobe Turner, Dejuan Johnson, and Taryn Vincent as rookies to potentially be locks to make it. This is where it's going to get a little bit controversial, right? Because Ernest Brown and Bobby Brown, Nick, are both players that we drafted a couple of years ago. Have you seen either of them contribute yet? Well, Bobby Brown was suspended. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Players that have gotten suspended in this past year, it seems like we've drafted enough, enough depth across the tight end position, across the interior defensive line position to be able to make some tough decisions and let some people walk. Um, so Ernest and Bobby, I feel like, are in that category for me. They've been around two, three years. They've been around for a Super Bowl. They don't necessarily feel like they're the ones that are stepping up and contributing. Aaron Donald wanted kids that can really care and play and step into that position and, and really make a name for themselves. So I'm thinking some some really tough decisions come at the interior defensive line position. Yeah, and also, like, when you think about, you know, the interior last year, obviously Donald, Greg Gaines, Robinson, I think, are, like, were the big three. Yeah. And now, you know, you're looking at it, like, completely differently this year where you have Aaron Donald and, like, a good amount of rookies. And I think that's what they want. I think they want, you know, these young guys that can, like, kind of be warped and learned under the greatest of all time. So, yeah, exactly. They're not going with what they know. They're going with what's new, and that's what I liked. One of the things I liked most about this draft that was that was exactly what my our decision making was when we decided to put this together. Was like, hey, a couple of these young kids are really going to fight for a job. Yeah, and I think they're going to edge out some of the older guys who seemingly don't care enough to to win a role and stick around with the Rams. So who those probably guys think that husband. they'll be picked up somewhere else as well? Sure, sure, of course. Um, yeah, I mean they're Bobby they're Brown's done. In they're, not, they're not too late. I mean, Bob, Bobby Brown and I think Ernest Brown were both like fourth, fifth round picks. Um, yeah. So yeah, there's still potential for them to have an NFL career. But in in my opinion, I haven't seen enough from them over over the last couple of years for them to stay on the roster and and contribute to this team. Yeah. And then from an edge perspective, this, this is where is it gets like, a little scary. Oh, because you you legitimately have. You lost your top three guys. You lost Leonard Floyd. You lost Justin Hollins, and you lost Terrell Lewis. Terrell Lewis got cut in the middle of the season. Justin Hollins, I think, got traded or got cut in the middle of last season. And we know that Leonard Floyd just signed a one-year deal with? Bills. The Bills. Correct. And then there's, uh, for this year, I mean, you're looking at guys who are on the bottom of the depth chart last year, are at the top of the depth chart this year. Yeah. I mean, it's Daniel Hardy, Keir Thomas, and Michael Hoyt. And then, you know, you're going to go Byron Young. And then Nick Hampton and Oshawan Mathis were both later round draft picks. So those guys, maybe you keep one of them. Maybe you keep two of them. I, I, I left that we're going to have um, five. five edge positions active for game yeah. day, considering they're probably going to have a two-man rotation on both sides. So you need at least four guys and then any potential that somebody gets hurt. Um, but you could probably go down to four. You could probably keep it at, at five or you can go to six. Depends. Uh, I don't think they – they part ways with with all of the rookies. No, you know? no, I'm not saying I'm not saying that they're going to. Yeah, I mean, you have it at five right now, so that would mean that two 
of the three make it. Um, exactly. So yeah, I think that that makes the most sense. Nick Hampton is somebody that I really liked uh, from the draft, even if it was. Yeah, and I mean, some of these guys, right? Like if they get cut, they get waived, and they don't get a they don't get signed by another team immediately. They come right back onto the practice squad. So it's like we still have them in the system to be able to develop. It's just not at the same stage. Yeah. So that's the edge position. And then we got the linebackers. Same kind of situation, right? Everybody from the bottom gets bubbled up to the top with the exception of Bobby Wagner. Right. Who's not. I mean, yeah, it it was Bobby Wagner's, you know, big thing last year is that he came back or like he came to the Rams division rival, like, you know, Everybody kind of learned under him. It was a bad year, but he was still taking it serious. And now all these guys that, you know, learned under him, like, you know, a Hummel, Jones, uh, Rosenbaum, or Boom, um, they're all expected to be, you know, pieces of what Wagner taught them and, you know, yeah. truly yeah. make it. And I don't think they they carry anybody else besides those three positions. Or, I yeah, mean, the- those three players. Yeah, I don't I don't think so either. I think it's going to be Ernest Jones and Christian Roseboom and Jake Hummel. And Hummel's right. going to be primarily, and so is Roseboom, going to be primarily special teams guys. And Ernest Jones is going to wear the mic in the middle of the field. Yeah. And it's going to be as simple as that. Instead of keeping four did, guys this year, you keep three. Did Wagner go back to the Seahawks? He went back to Seattle, yeah. Oh. Yeah, sure did. What the heck? Yeah. Wow, there's so like, much. That's so weird. I know. I know. I mean, you lose guys like Leonard Floyd, Jalen Ramsey, Troy Hill, Bobby Wagner. Like, there's so much turnover on this roster. I mean, you're looking at brand new position groups on every single position. It's it's pretty uh, pretty scarce. And but then, then like, I would you, say that the the cornerback position probably got hit the most. This is I mean, this is the bleakest. <laughs> yeah, because you lose Jalen Ramsey, Troy Long, Troy Hill, and David Long Jr. And they're all replaced with the other three players that were on the depth chart from last year as the top three guys. Yeah. So it's as simple as moving the guys from the bottom up to the top. It's Jacoby Durant, Darion Kendrick, and Robert Rochelle at one, two, and three. And then Travius Hodges Tomlinson, who's obviously a rookie. We're, we're really curious what kind of position they're going to carve out for him. You know, is he going to fill that Troy Hill uh, void? Is that going to be Sean Jolly? Is he going to get some rotations? Um, in the star position, some snaps in the star. It's going to be interesting. Vincent Gray is another guy who I feel like is is making a name for himself in uh, in mini camp and throughout OTAs. So, and it's the same thing as the receiver position, Nick. There's guys on this list that we're really not familiar with: Tion Johnson, Jordan Jones, Tamarcus Davis. Like these are all names that you needed to have 85, 90 guys in the building so that you could field a legitimate mini camp and OTA, but. Outside of that, they're not likely to make the roster unless they do something immaculate in practice. This was some like you know a piece in the draft where we were where we you know post draft episode we were kind of like kind of wish they spent a little more you know looked a little more into this position because mm-hmm. you're just bumping up. I mean, this is like a actual like office building at this point where it's just <laughs> like all right, all the you know all the top earners they got another job somewhere else, so all we're going to promote from within which is something that I've wanted them to do for quite some time. And now that we're actually seeing it happen, it, it is a little scary because, you know, these guys could get burnt. Um, so, yeah, yeah, we'll see. Oh, it's happening, though. It's happening before our very eyes. It is. Same deal at the uh, at the safety position. Um, you lose Nick Scott, you lose Taylor Rapp, you lose Terrell Burgess. But they're replaced with guys like Rashad Torrance, Jason Taylor, Tanner Ingle. 
You have Richard LeCount in the building, Colin Duncan, who's also a rookie, is in the building. Um, but I do think that they keep five, similar to what they did last year. I think they go Fuller, Lake, and Yeast, who you saw Yeast had some good snaps last year. Quentin Lake was nursing an injury, but you feel like he's going to be Jordan Fuller's predecessor, potentially. And then there's Rashad Torrance and Jason Taylor, who could potentially fall behind Quentin Lake and Russ Yeast if Jordan yeah. Fuller were to uh, walk out the door after this fourth season with the Rams, which is likely they don't pay safeties. It's Fuller, Jefferson, Akers, a couple other guys that are on the last years of, of their deal. That will have don't to tell me Scott went to the Bills too. Who's that? Nick Scott. Bengals. Bengals. Oh, move. Yep. That was a great pickup from them. I think he signed a one-year deal with the Bengals. Yeah, that's that's well done out of them. Yep. Indeed. Because he was, think, he was a huge factor on that Super Bowl team. He's going to be great there. He's yeah, gonna, he's that gonna Bengals really team, good. I think, is is my uh, dark horse to win the Super Bowl for this season. Yeah, I feel like they're more like, you know, you talk about teams that are like ready to go. Like last week or we were talking about how like the Bills are like trying to, you know, win it right now. I think the Bengals are more ready. Honestly. Yeah, I think so, too. The Bengals have been ready for a couple of years. I think it's they've been knocking on the door. I think this could be the season they get over Watch the top. out for the Ravens, all I'm going to say. I know. I know. Could be your MVP right there, Lamar Jackson, now that he's at full speed and has every single weapon he could ever ask for. Yeah. Um, this is this is really scary. Have you ever seen a kicker, punter, long snapper? One, there's turnover across all three positions, and then two, they're all rookies. Ever seen that before? No. <laughs> this is this is XFL levels of, of spooky. Chris Christopher Dunn is, uh, I believe, a co- the kicker that was one of our first uh, – undrafted free agent signings and same with Tanner Brown, Ethan Evans. We drafted out of Wingate. He's the big, big leg from Wingate. Although I think we need a new nickname for him. Um, and then who's the last player that's on that list? Alex Ward. Long Alex snapper, Ward. Yeah. Who's from, uh, who I believe is an overseas player. I'm not sure mm. exactly where he's from, but um, apparently they all are way more mature than anyone could expect, which is, is nice to hear, but so. I feel like it's probably easy to get, um, Lost in the shuffle of rookies right now. So as long as you're not yeah, like too right. big of an idiot, there's so many of them. Yeah, you can. I think it's a it's a really good opportunity for 40 plus guys to be able to all be a part of the same class. Like if, imagine you're going to a job, you have a massive onboarding class of 35 to 40 people and 25, 30 of those guys become your lifelong friends throughout you know, the next yeah. 10, 15 years of football. That's kind of the thought process is like, hey, we're in it together. We're all going to buy into this culture. And we're all going to put a really good product out on the field with the help of some other really, really great Hall of Fame legendary type players in Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup, and, and Matthew Stafford. So it's going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be a good year. I think we're all going to have a lot of fun this year. Now that the depth chart looks like it's uh, taken some shape, obviously some things can change. It's a way too early projection. But I think it's pretty much online with what we've been talking about over the past three months. Yeah. Not to mention the fact that it is – what season is this for me, for you and I? Like our fifth six. year? It's our six. season six, I think. If six anniversary. Six season. years of Rams Brothers the Pod. Yeah, I think that uh, they come out and watch Rams Eagles this year. Indeed, I'll be there. I think that calls for an opportunity if you guys have been enjoying the podcast, if you guys have been listening along for a long time, if you guys have been watching on YouTube, the very best way that you could possibly support us right now is via a subscription on YouTube. So make sure you... Ram it! Just click that button. I don't do it as fancy as some of the other guys I see on YouTube, but I, I did like that clip. 
Well, they like to do it where it's like, you can watch the next video right now. And yeah, then, you know. And then they have that whole little like sidebar. Listen, we're mom and pop shop, except you would brother think it's, and brother. In six yeah. seasons, it could be figured out. But yeah, that's right. We are. Well, you know what they say: six seasons in a movie. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I like that. Where's the community movie? It's the writer strike. Just another thing to <laughs> ruin our day. Uh, thank you guys for listening. As always, we always appreciate you. Make sure you guys comment below. Uh, not happy birthday. Or if you want to comment happy birthday, you can. But comment below on what you agree with, disagree with on the depth chart. And um, let us know what you guys think. Dean is petrified of turning 30. Thank you guys for listening. Peace. Peace. Go Rams. <laughs>